would pay you to read me <laughs> the ingredients on Pam. <laughs> what do we do with that beautiful phrase? What are those called? The ingredients <laughs> in pants? Ingredients on pants. Kimmy goes, materials. What a wonderful phrase. All the answer on pants. And ain't no passing grace. <laughs> what happened to you? Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a cesspool for spoilers, this week we will be talking about various movies, specifically, probably, <laughs> Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Jolene, and Repo, the genetic opera. So if you haven't seen any of those, and just to be safe, check out our Instagram and Twitter for spoiler timestamps at We Explain Movies. Here's how it's gonna go. We are going to start off with a little game, a quiz, if you will. <laughs> um, we're going to move on to discuss the movies that we watched from this round because we've all watched at least one, so we're gonna do a little discussion on that. And then we're gonna close up this episode by, um, Discussing what the actor MVP and LVP of this round is. Boom. I don't know if that was grammatically correct, but I said it. All right. <laughs> Sorry. So this quiz that we found, it's a BuzzFeed quiz. It's about Space Jam. It's got, <laughs> it's got ten questions, and it is titled Random 90s Movie Trivia. Oh, so if I get two wrong, I'm already at a B minus? Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be bad at this. I don't know. I So this first question, I definitely don't know. The second question, I do, but you guys might not. Okay, okay. so listeners, you can play along. We'll leave some, some gaps in our responses so that you can shout at your car radio. Yeah. Uh, headphones? Yeah. Coworkers? Please shout know. at your coworkers. I don't I know where you're listening that. to this. Maybe you're listening to it uh... in the park. Mm, yell at a squirrel for us. Okay, are you guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Who did Steven Spielberg originally want for the role of Dr. Alan Grant in Jurassic Park? Oh. Here are our options. Kevin Cosner, Harrison Ford, Tom Hanks. Harrison Ford seems like the obvious choice because of Indy. Kevin Cosner looks like... Alan. Alan. Tom Hanks. I think that he was a little young in that time. True, so it would have looked more the part than he... This is a wild card. I'm but none gonna... of you, none of us, like, know it for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get it wrong, probably. Okay. All right, so pause. Okay. Listeners, answer now. I, I feel like Dora the Explorer. And uh, all of us are going to say <laughs> Kevin Costner. Oh, I was going to oh. go with Harrison Ford. Oh, I was going to say Kevin Costner. Okay, so then we'll we'll click Kevin, see what happens. Harrison Ford. It was Harrison Ford! Damn, Damn. I was going to say that. One voice sound like a basic bitch. <laughs> Everybody wanted Harrison Ford back then. He. <laughs> okay. Which of these facts is true about The Nightmare Before Christmas? Tim Burton didn't direct it. Disney delayed the release of it because of Hocus Pocus. Danny Elfman does the speaking voice for Jack Skellington. Those all sound true. <laughs> I am, one? I'm 90% sure I know the real answer. Which one is true? Yes. Tim Burton did not direct it. What do you think? I think it's B. Oh but my god, they stop! They delayed, it delayed the release Pocus. of it for Hocus Pocus? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Tim Burton. It's Tim Burton. I'm gonna click it. Tim Burton did not direct it. Woo! He's a producer, and that's yeah. why people you think guys... of it as his film. Question three. Which of these facts is true about Scream? Ooh. 
It was originally called Scary Movie. They originally wanted Heather Locklear to play Gail Weathers. <laughs> Denise Richards was forced to drop out of the role of Casey Becker after Drew Barrymore wanted that role instead of the role of Sydney. That was a long one. The last one. I think it's, I think that it's the Heather Locklear one. Heather Locklear? Yeah. They all sound true. They, yeah. Those all they, sound like fun facts about Scream. Definitely Scary Movie, I feel like, is the one that's the least, but that's just because I have the other Scary Movies stuck in my head. Right. I'm going to go with the Denise Richards, Drew Barrymore one. That's what I went with. Okay, let's try it. Nope. It was originally called Scary Movie. We all You're got it out. That makes a lot of sense because they talk a lot about scary movies in general in that film. Can, since we're only on question three, can one of you keep track of our scores? Kayleen, you have two. I have one. Kimmy has zero. Okay. But we're only at three questions, Kimmy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> question four. Which actor was originally cast as Juliet opposite Leonardo Ooh. DiCaprio in Romeo and Juliet? Do you, you know, know this one? Corny? I Maybe not. Okay, okay, continue. Alicia Silverstone. Kate Winslet, Natalie Portman. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> it can't be Kate Winslet. Oh, I was going to go for Kate Winslet. I picked Natalie Portman. Oh, I picked Kate. Seems, she seems too young. I pick... Alicia? Alicia. All right, we each pick something different, so I'll put Alicia for the answer. It was Natalie Portman. Kate yes. Kimmy gets her point. Yay, I actually know that because I saw an article or, or an interview, I can't remember which... Lately, that said she turned down the role because she was worried about doing something a little too risque. Mm. Okay. Wow, this one's going to be hard because I have no knowledge about this film. It says, which of these facts is true about Drive Me Crazy? Have I oh, you seen yeah. that? No, I have not seen it. I know who's in it. Okay, so which of these facts is true about the movie that we're all super familiar with? <laughs> Drive Me Crazy. It's based on the novel Wish You Were Dead. Jennifer Love Hewitt turned down the role of Nicole twice they changed the title of the movie because of the Britney Spears song uh I I don't like the last one because I'm like well they changed it from something to that but they don't say what I I like this Jennifer Love Hewitt business I like that it says twice that seems intentional okay I'm ready I'm ready I okay I think it was the Britney Spears one I think so too oh I think it's Jennifer Love Pfefferman Love Pfefferman. It's <laughs> from Bobby's World when she's in that. Oh, that's cute. Okay. Pfeffy! <laughs> it was the Britney Spears song love. Uh, Kimmy guys. and I get a point. Kimmy's got two. I have one. Hey. I have three. Kimmy has three. Which of these facts is true about the Lion King? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight was almost cut from the film? The wildebeest stampede scene took Disney CGI animators 13 months to complete. The movie was a prestige film, and because of it, was animated by Disney animators A-Team. I know the answer to this. You actually know? Yeah. Ooh. I think it was the 13 months to do the wildebeest scene. I think it was cutting the song from the film. It is cutting the song from the film. Ooh, okay, let's click it. Cutting the song from the film. Oh. Go, Courtney. It's almost like she loves that movie. <laughs> Next question. Gosh, we still have okay, a few more. Okay, so Kayleen, you've got four, and Kimmy and I both have two. So combined, we're even with her. <laughs> question seven. Which actor was originally cast as Catwoman in Batman Returns? That's the one with Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Mm. <laughs> Where she does all those backflips. Yeah. <laughs> Annette Benning, Jennifer Connelly, 
Bridget Fonda. I'm going to choose who I want to have had that part. <laughs> Annette Benning looks the most like her, and therefore... I'm I would kill to see Annette Benning. I kind of want that, too. <laughs> Let's all just say, go you, Annette. I'm going to say Annette. Okay. Annette. Annette, Annette. Yay! You deserve this. (laughs) Question eight. Which of these facts is true about Clueless? Ugh. I don't know. (laughs) Angelina Jolie was one of the first choices to play Cher. Coolio almost passed on them using Rollin' with the homies in the movie. Love it. Amy Heckerling, who wrote and directed the movie, originally pitched Clueless as a TV series for Fox. I feel like it's C. I'm going to say C because it ended up being a TV series. I'm going with Amy Heckerling. Okay. The Coolio one would be funny. We we all did that one and we all got it right. Yay! Kayleen has six. We have four. Stop winning. (laughs) Disney originally envisioned Beauty and the Beast as what? A live action movie? A darker, more dramatic, and non-musical animated film? An almost three-hour animated musical movie that would be a pretty faithful adaptation of La Belle et la Bête by Gabrielle Suzanne de Villeneuve. You know what's so annoying is that this was in the book I just read, too. Really? So you know this one? No. (laughs) Now I'm like... Okay, I know my answer. I know my answer. (laughs) I think it was the third one. The the three-hour one. I think it was the darker, more dramatic, non-musical animated movie. That one. B. That one. B. B is correct. Damn it. One more point for me and Courtney. Something oh. like six, five, four. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Kayleen's winning. <laughs> Which of these facts is true about Titanic? Oh my gosh! And I was going to say, so unless it comes down to me getting the last one right and Kayleen getting it wrong, it's going to be a Kayleen show. <laughs> oh my god. The pressure. The iconic line, I'm the king of the world, was always in the script, contrary to rumors. James Cameron was very much against My Heart Will Go On being in the movie. James Cameron had to be convinced by the studio to cast Leonardo DiCaprio as Jack. Those all sound true. Oh no. (laughs) I think that is My Heart Will Go On. Okay. My Heart Will Go On. The iconic line, I'm the king of the world, was always in the script, contrary to rumors. I'm going with A. Okay. And then, you know what, guys? I'm just gonna, like, quit this podcast <laughs> and never speak of movies again if I'm wrong, because that's my favorite movie. I want to say I'm the king of the world because I like the fact that it would be shutting down rumors, so let's go with that one. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not. It's Kimmy's answer. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> About my heart will go on? He didn't want that in the film. Okay, but I... See, okay, the reason I didn't choose that is because it sounded like a trick. I knew he didn't want it, and then it isn't in it. It's in the credits. Yeah, but the instrumental is in it. And it's beautiful. (laughs) He didn't want it. I don't believe this. (laughs) Courtney is upset. Yeah, I'm very upset. Well, I don't know if he improvised it. It says that it was always in the script. Maybe it was like a last minute add to the script. Anyways, goodbye. That was my last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Alrighty. Okay, so let's start off the discussion. We're going to do it in order by um, chronologically how we explained them. Um, so the only ones that we got to watch of each other's was um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, then Repo, the Genetic Opera, and Jolene. 
Those are the three we're going to talk about in this episode, because we've now all seen and them. And we've all seen two of them, so, like, mm-hmm. we, we each watched the solo round one. Yes. Right? That's exciting. You've, yeah. you've both seen two, I've seen two, you've seen two, cool. Yeah. yeah. Great. All right, so in chronological order, uh, we released the episode on Confessions of a Dangerous Mind first, the 2002? Yay. I think so. Filmed by George Clooney? Might be 2001, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. By George Clooney himself. Yes. And Kimmy and I watched that. Kayleen explained it all to us. And I was, of this round, this was the one I was most eager to see. Yeah. I'm still very eager to see Ready or Not, but we're recording this too soon before I can go see it. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'll go see that eventually. But I was stoked about uh, just how intricate this one sounded. Yeah. Yeah. I was excited to watch it as well. Kimmy, what did you think of Confessions? What do you want to start with? Okay. All right, Kayleen. Oh, she's going to be mean to it. I'm not going to It sounds like it. Just know that however mean you are, she could give it back to you like threefold. I understand. (laughs) I understand that. But I'm going to be honest. I really, really wanted to like it. And I just, like, couldn't like it. I know. It's upsetting. Okay, but first of all, I'd like to say that the writing is really good. Mm. The writing is really good. They had some really great zingers, especially the last line, except for since this is based off of a book... Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was really an original line or not. Mm, about the men shooting each other? Yeah, the men shooting each other, and yeah, then the last one wins a refrigerator. Yeah, or sorry, the men shooting themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three old men stand around together and tell about the events of their lives, and the last one standing who doesn't shoot themselves gets, gets a refrigerator. refrigerator. And yeah. that was a line from Chuck Barris, the creator of several game shows for NBC, yeah. such as The Gong Show. Dating game, newlywed game. Yeah, I really liked the writing. It's written by Charlie Kaufman. He's a fantastic writer. But the problem is, this movie jumped off and it started. It started right away and it didn't really give me any time, I felt, to identify with this character enough to care about him for the rest of the film. And then everything that he does after that is super douchey. Mm. I, I was like, oh, just redeem yourself right here. Redeem yourself right here. And Courtney was really excited. She said, oh, this part's coming up where he cries and stuff like that. When he's petting Penny's head. Yeah, yeah. and I just feel like he's making up all these stupid excuses for not being a decent person to yeah. Penny, who really deserves it. I thought that Drew Barrymore was so cute in Wasn't this. Wasn't she cute? Yes. Adorable. She's so cute, and, and just the way that she says things comes out like so naturally mm-hmm. and... Um, it's not liney, and it's just, it's hers, yeah. you know? That that was my takeaway, and I'm upset. No. <laughs> I'm upset because why aren't I allowed to like this person? I just, like, can't. Mm. I didn't. Like, nothing is super redeemable about him, unfortunately. And the other thing, which Courtney and I talked about briefly when we were watching it, is that I didn't understand all this crazy overexposure of the film. I thought it was hideous. Yeah. Oh, like style-wise? Style-wise, yeah. like in the interviews, it's just so, uh, yes, yes. so harsh. I know what you're talking about. And, and we talked about it and we're like, maybe it's trying to be noir, but they have regularly lit, dark, palleted scenes right. that are noir. And I just, I didn't know. I, I have did. some thoughts, but yes. I want to let you finish. Well, I think what I'm about to say is going to melt into whatever you have to say. I thought that... Everything was really, like, truly too unbelievable for me to have a specific point of view of what I thought. Mm. You know, I'm like, he's lying. This is such bullshit. All this is such bullshit. And also, he's a (laughs) fuckboy. But Courtney has some theories about that. Okay, so 
I have so many notes on this one. I didn't cool. take any notes during Jolene because I was just like, I am experiencing this. <laughs> because it's so much of a human's life. But with this one, like, and right now looking at my notes and hearing what you had to say about it, and just the fact that I've got this expert Kayleen right hey. here, I just have, like, so much I want to say because it's, like, so discussable. Because as I'm thinking about it right now, I'm going to get, like, probably like two or three big points out of the way. I think Chuck Barris is a liar. I, I don't think it's true. So here's my theory now, and what I really liked about this film, now that I'm discussing it. I thought it was a hideous film to look at because of the lighting. But what's cool is I think the lighting actually made sense. We have these scenes where it's all of his flashbacks are this hazy, sepia-toned stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that makes sense there. Mm -hmm. When things are really happening, where it's like, he's on the gong show, or he's on the dating game, or he's actually in a moment with Penny especially, because Penny seems like a real person we could fact check this with, it's perfect lighting, it looks great. Mm -hmm. Then when we have his CIA business with Jim Bird, it's noir lighting, that's fun. But then when we have him doing bad CIA stuff, it's overexposed, and it's ugly, and it's like, it's too saturated, it's just plain color, and it's just bright whites. The worse it looks, the less realistic it is. Exactly. But then also, the worst, worst, worst that it looks is like those shots of Dick Clark, where his face is a ghost face, <laughs> yeah. and the colors in the background are psychotically bright, and it's because that is too real for Chuck to even handle. It's real, actual people. No one's acting, no one's scripted, and they're just saying what they thought, those real interviews. And I think that's really cool, because it's like, that's as real as it gets, and it's ugly. The truth is ugly, and that's mm. what we get. I don't know how intent George Clooney was on doing that, but he seemed like he masterfully directed this, but so, and yet so then you're chose... Saying, so stuff that was fake was shot bad, too, though. Stuff that was fake was shot bad, but not to this degree. Hmm. It was shot bad and, like, ugly, but then it wasn't as oversaturated. Dick Clark's face is as white as paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, mm -hmm. J.P. Morgan is, it's just hideous. And it's its even more so, and I think it's because of how real it was, where the other one, it's more like a cartoony version. So I get that there's a, not, like, complete symmetry with all that I'm saying, but... Could I jump in and say that it could also be from Chuck Barris's point of view yeah. that the cooler more imaginative stuff is more exciting and what he wants to believe is the truth versus what the real truth is so he wants to kind of like make that too difficult to see yeah and then he's also trying to make it look grotesque when he did bad things like what they showed that shot of him in mexico killing yeah, that guy yeah. a thousand yeah. times yeah and it looks pretty oversaturated and it's pretty ugly and then it just was kind of like this is what I cannot face. It's on par with J.P. Morgan saying yeah. I'm crazy. Yeah. So really, I just have so many thoughts about Chuck Barris as a human. I don't dig him even, kind of. But um, I don't know. I mean, along the way, I have so many notes. I don't know how uh, organized they could be now or what else Kimmy wants to say about the film. So I'll let her go first. Well, I mean, I wanted you to talk about your schizophrenia theories. Just, I mean... I don't know if that, because of your newfound knowledge now, if you kind of negate those theories, but... I thought it was really pointed. For a minute, we were while we were watching it, we were discussing that there's a strong possibility that at least George Clooney thought Chuck Barris had some schizophrenia. Mm. Yeah, I didn't mean it literally. I meant it more as in, like, George Clooney definitely. It seemed like a caricature of a directing style and a writing style where it was like, 
we're gonna make him look as paranoid as possible. Mm. Pulling a gun on the unknown comic, right. looking out, and that whole scene of watching everybody die in his and studio. And, like, seeing his mom on a big painting. Like, exactly. Yeah. That was definitely they, an artistic form of schizophrenia. They yeah. pull a panel out, and it looks like the back streets of Helsinki. Yeah, yeah. It's that like was an my exact part replica. I was about. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's, that was them making it clear that his life is a studio. His life mm-hmm. is... It's, 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 you know, it's consumerist and it's a replica of everything and it's not real and he's freaking out over that fact and it's like, yeah, maybe when you submerge yourself in like this world of entertainment Mm -hmm. and when you're telling lies constantly for ratings and for television, it's like, I can see how you would think that. So my schizophrenia theory is more from a a filmmaker standpoint as opposed Mm -hmm. to, I don't think Chuck Barris really is that, but they made him really seem like it in the film. I will say what I really liked... When, when it happened, and in re-listening to that episode, the Confessions one, I like your point of it sounds like he was a raging alcoholic and made this stuff up, because mm. even though that is something that's happening consistently in the film, that wasn't something I ever focused on, and when you mentioned it, I was like, damn, yeah, like every time he has a problem, he goes to the bar, so mm-hmm. it's very possible that being a heavy drinker led to this as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I never believed it, even when you were explaining it, and then watching it, I was l- even less on his side, and I was like, I hear, you're lying. I, and then Googling it, I was like, y- yeah, you lied, that's fine. Yeah. Some things that I liked about it, just along the way, there was right away an early line that I made note of that I really liked of, um, it was George Clooney saying to this when, like, they first met, no... It was somebody I that... Know. What's the line? It was somebody that Chuck was looking up to, and they said, you're 32... Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead by 33, so you've got one year. I think it was Jim, it was Jim Bird, Bird. In, the, in the when they're in the cold. I think. And so, because my next note was that silhouette shot with all the breath that was beautiful. Right? Yeah. It was gorgeous. But then they end it with him having a line of like, you should do this for patriotism. And I was like, that right there tells me this story's not true. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's shown no indication of caring about anything, and yeah. all of a sudden he's going to do it for America? Like, you don't even, you wouldn't even do it for a woman! Right. Why did you do it for your country? And then just a lot of my notes are about how adorable Drew is. I know. I, I loved Isn't her. Isn't the Scrabble scene cute? It was. Yeah. That was one of those ones where I liked your line delivery better. <laughs> do you have an R I can borrow? Um, but a quirk of her character that was so cute is how many times she mispronounces things. Yeah. She calls him an Ashkenazi Jew. I was just Jew. gonna say, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she Ashkenazi. pronounces uh, Monas. She, she says, like, uh, oh, did you go to Mexico? That's Montessori's Revenge. Oh, I missed that one. She calls it, like, Montessori School, and he goes, Montezuma. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, I just love that. That's so fresh and cute. And then that hippie scene that you described, mm-hmm. I closed my eyes listening to that, and that is exactly what I pictured. Oh. And it came out perfectly on awesome. screen. So that was really cool. Cool. How did you like Sammy's acting? He's he's a great actor. It just came down to that character, and so maybe that's why gotcha. I had a harder time with it. Yeah. This, if I'm thinking about it. There's, like, rarely movies that I enjoy where I'm like, I can tell that that guy's acting mm. badly. Like, if the character's bad, you're like, well, I don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he's doing well. Yeah. He's committed. It's like, it's what I say about Jessica all the time. She does a lot of shitty movies. Mm-hmm. But she's committed, and she believes she is doing that role. And so does Sam. Yeah. All in all... I was very happy I've seen this movie now. It was great to see a movie. It was probably like Sam's first lead, lead role in like a blockbuster film because it's got such high names attached to it. And then to see George Clooney's directorial debut, super fun. Drew Barrymore was adorable. It's just kind of like all around. You just wish better for all of these people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
You just wish you weren't watching the things you were watching. And because <laughs> easier said than done, of course, but it's like, Chuck, if you were just a better guy, a lot of people's lives, including your own, would have been better. Right? Especially if you weren't a liar. Yeah. Jessica's not a liar. These all seem... That's a bad transition. I was going to say, these all seem like great transitions into Jolene, but too bad because the next Repo. movie we discussed was Repo the Genetic Opera. So Yes. I and Aaron, my sibling, explained this one to you two after Comic-Con. What did you think of it? Okay, Repo. The first thing I wrote down is, damn, this does have a Rocky Horror-esque vibe. Yeah. With the darkness, with the rock opera-ness, and just with the, quite honestly, with the bad goodness of it where it's like rocky horror people love it but not because they're like it's amazing that's what i was starting to feel right off the bat and i was like i'm here for it this is a rocky horror experience i 100% get why they do shadow casts oh yeah it's got Mm -hmm. that exact vibe also i'm glad that i recommended sweeney todd because it's (laughs) definitely got a sweeney todd vibe like everything has blood involved in this movie and the the horror the horror the gore is very over-the-top on purpose, much like in Sweeney Todd. Like, so much so that it's not even gross, because you know it's fake. The movie looked a lot more video gamey than I realized. Oh. That's a good way to describe it, yeah. From the opening, like, I was expecting more like The Crow, like... It looks really like almost animated. Mm-hmm. You know, That's I just fun. mostly well, I mean, the transitions. There's yeah. comics in it. Seeing all the billboards and like the town shots, the town really moving looked and like that. the. Yeah, I'm not that I liked it or disliked it. I just didn't realize that that's what I would be seeing when mm-hmm. you guys explained it. Right? It's fun when style comes down to it. I yeah. didn't picture oversaturation or, <laughs> or overexposure for confessions, but yeah. Here's the thing. I feel like if I hadn't had it explained to me first, I would not know what was going on. Mm-hmm. I I think that too. Yeah. The the songs while they are bangers like the tone and the melodies and stuff like that were incredibly hard to follow as far as lyricism goes. Mm, yeah. I don't find that to be true with a lot of movie musicals where it's singing all the way through. I don't know, like, I'm just thinking specifically of Les Mis because it's all singing, but um, they're very clear and, I don't know, it's it's poetic in a way where I understand it, mm-hmm. but here it's, like, so fast and literal, I couldn't really catch on for some reason. It felt really redundant to me. I was mad because I really wanted to like the songs. And I do, in a way. I, you know? I will say what, what the conundrum I kept feeling with, um, and of course some songs, I would say there was like a scale that I was on for every single song. Because some had like much better lyrics. The scale consists of like the lyrics and their quality and the music and their quality. And there were some bangers that I was like, yes, I'm going to love this. And then the lyrics just really failed me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn it, you know? There Do you were... have an example? Uh, I know that I liked the lyrics and the song for the one that's a lot like Lovely Ladies. Zydrian. Yes. I... Is that the surgery, surgery one? Yeah. Yeah, I liked that one. That's the banger, guys. I loved the music for the one where she's yelling at her mom. Did not love the lyrics. Sure. (laughs) And that's just kind of what I was feeling for every song, is like sometimes it would be the opposite, where I was like, these lyrics are better, but this song's not as fun, or like, 
sometimes both were down or both were up, but it was, I, I think that the, the biggest fault of it is not that the music wasn't good, because the music was almost entirely good, mm-hmm. but that sometimes the lyrics just were failing me. Like, yeah. I would yeah. think it was going to go somewhere good, and then it would just, like, go somewhere obvious. Yeah. And I was like, damn like, it. Like, they didn't know how to finish the verse or something. Yeah. Like, ah, just put that. It you started know? really well, and then I was like, yes. oh. <laughs> Probably because the, the story itself is so short. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very... it's It is know. short, isn't it? But then they had so many songs packed in. So that's why Aaron and I would skip a lot of the songs. Did you really? Okay. <laughs> we skipped so many songs. Really interesting. Oh, you mean like when talking about it? Yeah. Oh, and, well, yeah. Oh, no. Watching I thought you meant watched, when watching no, it. I was no, like, do you really? In our discussion, and I mean, even times we would be like, then Roddy sings, it's a song. Ignore it. Right, right. <laughs> and so then watching it with you both, I was like, oh, right, I have to sit down now and watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> As I was... um. Watching it, I realized throughout most of the songs, I was like, this song should end now. It shouldn't be this long. (laughs) And then I looked up some of the critical review, and a lot of them said that the songs went on for too long, and that the, you know, the lengthy nature of it made people lose interests over Mm. time. I think that, honestly, this could have been, if someone had just come through and, like, chopped those songs up with some Edward Scissorhands scissors, because we have to stay goth. (laughs) Uh, that it would have, like, if they didn't make it a song through musical, maybe, if they had cut some of that excess to leave, like, space for lines, maybe it would have been a little bit, um, more concise, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One more thing before I say the thing that I really want to talk about. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but everyone sounded like they were recorded on the spot, you know? And, 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 like... And this is where I'm saying I, I don't know if it's good or bad. I get what you mean. It wasn't auto-tuned. Everybody sounds pretty raw. Everybody sounds not that good in... Oh, great from her toes. <laughs> okay, well, th- th- that moves into what I really want to talk about. How good the um, great from um, So I noticed that, especially... Alexa. Alexa Vega oh, yeah. was, is not a good singer. Mm-mm. And I know that, like, as a young actress, she started to, like, try and have a singing career and stuff like that. Yeah, do you remember the end of Spy Kids too? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> and she is the lead. Pretty Well, okay, she's not the lead. She's the lead. <laughs> she's... Generally, the lead. (laughs) And I feel like that would be such a good role, like, if it was actually a musical. I would legitimately love if somebody, like, script-doctored this and made it an actual stage musical. I would watch the hell out of that. Right? Can you imagine this shit on Broadway? Yeah. They just reimagined some things and just gave it the Broadway treatment. I think it could do really well. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Which brings me to what I really want to talk about. (laughs) Anthony Stewart Head is the best thing about this film. <laughs> so you're going to say the best thing ever, and I was like, calm down. He is. He's the best thing about this film. I was fucking rock this shit. He's such a good singer yeah, in it. He did really well. Not oh, singing-wise, only... I agree. Yes. Not only that, but he also has different voices, which was super yeah, creepy. That was fun. In a good way. I was like, ooh, that's the bad guy voice, and ooh, that's the fatherly voice, and like... Aaron calling it his Gilbert Gottfried voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just got some pipes, man. He does. Yeah. I totally didn't know that, even from like seeing him in the musical episode of Buffy. Like, I was just here for it. And he, he'll do anything. He looks like he won't, you know? <laughs> you look at him and you're like, you're not going to do this role. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do this role way more than you thought I was going to oh do this gosh. role. You look at him and you're like, you're just the dad. Yeah. And he goes, I'm the repo. You're just a librarian. <laughs> Is that from something? 
No, he's a librarian, I, right? He's Buffy? a librarian in, in Buffy, yeah. Oh, in Buffy. I'm like, when in Repo was he a librarian? No, just a librarian. Dad. Anything yeah. else on that point? No, that's all I really wanted to say. He fucking rocked it. I loved watching him through this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I honestly like the most about this film, which almost seems like counterintuitive, is the comics. I mm. thought they were really cool. Yeah. Mostly the style of them, because... I it just baffles me that it's not actually based on a comic because the the Didn't animation have that as your choice of yeah like, I want that in there the animation I thought was really unique and I could see it being maybe maybe by now it has been turned into like a graphic novel of sorts but I I found that part really intriguing I also noted that on that stupid song that the Largo brothers sing together Yuck. there's legit Looney Tunes sound effects uh huh. What the fuck is that? Aaron and I even <laughs> talk about it because it's bad. <laughs> I know you talked about like the the watermelon stabbing sound yeah. later in the film. Aaron said those watermelon sounds. Yeah, those Looney Tunes sounds. I was like, please get out of my face. This this other one is that the dialogue, and by dialogue I mean like sung through dialogue, was very reminiscent of music video dialogue. How, like, in a music video, they'll have a couple lines to establish the music video, and it's always something, like, cheesy to the degree of, I just need to get you into this next song. Mm-hmm. Like, a music video. Also, what I... I pictured the whole Zydrake complex being a little bit more mystical. Like, I like that you can get it out of the dead bodies. That, of course, is mystical. But at the end of the day, it's just morphine. Like, they, it's just a painkiller, and, and she's like, I'm addicted to the knife. It's like, why don't you just always get the street drug? You don't have to always go get surgery. Just go buy the street drug. Yeah, I wonder if she also likes messing with her own face, though, too. It just seems like a weird thing. Like, it seems weird that more people in the world are also like, yeah, I'm addicted to surgery. It's like, but mm-hmm. you can just get that on the street. Yeah, I wonder if, like, I don't know, in their lore it's riskier or something. I don't Maybe. know. Or it's, like, not as good. I, I mean, know. yeah, it's from a dead it's from body. it's a dead body. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I wrote, like, this sentimental note at the end, which is that at the end of the day, like, the moral of the movie is kind of just, all you need to do is love your kids and they'll love you back. Like, he didn't need to go through all that, mm-hmm. even when she found out all the horrible stuff that he did. Like, she still says, Daddy, you're the world to me because of how much he loved her. And, like, tried to take care of her. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I just, like, think about that stuff now that we're, like, getting older. It's like, kids are scary. And thinking of, like, how much bad stuff he did and the fact that she still just cares about his love. Mm. I just find that very heartwarming. Right? But don't poison your kids. (laughs) Yeah, but maybe don't poison your kids. Is that actually the moral of the movie? Don't poison your kids. The moral of the story is Grey Robber's a snack. <laughs> Kimmy, did you have thoughts? My my notes are, I, I bang Giles. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay Sorry. Wait, hold on, wait, hold on. Okay. That's a snack. No, I'm ready, I'm ready. Mary fuck kill, blind mag, grave robber, Giles. I would kill Giles. <laughs> you would kill Giles? <laughs> Alright, I would kill Blind Mag. No, you know what? (laughs) I would marry Giles, I would fuck the grave robber, I would kill Blind Mag. You're both gonna do Blind Mag dirty like that? (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was gonna be mine. That was yours? No. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a toss-up between marrying and, and doing a Grave Robber and Blind Mag. Mm. Bye, Jazz. <laughs> Go be with Marnie. <laughs> no. Yeah, he does anyway. Can we get over I it? I think I would marry Aww. Blind Mag. She seems wonderful. <laughs> and uh, Grave Robber, like, I just don't want to be married to that. He would constantly bring corpses into our home. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to beg him. All right. Anything else before we move on to Jolene? Uh, yeah, moving on to Jolene. The stereotypes in this movie were off the chisarts. <laughs> like, not one character... Could like, chill. Jo- Jolene is borderline, honestly. Not one character could get out of their stereotype. The mm. aunt was like, I'm only mean, and I'm only a bitch, and I only wear my hair up. Because I'm horrible. And then the uncle was like, I just want to fuck you. And that's my only character trait. I brought you this cupcake. While you're clearly naked in bed. Like, that's inappropriate behavior. (laughs) And then, like, the... I I really liked Johnny Depp guy. I'm sad with that storyline. Coco. Coco Leisure. It was funny. Um... Which we've seen, we've looked up his IMDb, we realized we've seen him in a couple random ass yeah, things. Yeah, he's in a lot of things. Yeah, we're yeah. a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he did look like Johnny Depp. That was a very spot on <laughs> uh, way to describe him. Uh, but you yeah, did not just... accurately describe that contraption of an automobile. <laughs> oh, his it car? came with like a speaker system and like... Yeah, I said that. I know, you, but you, you said didn't go into enough detail. It was more just that I didn't realize how ridiculous it was. It was like a fast food restaurant speaker system. (laughs) And his, like, sun visor. Yeah, that was funny. So, going off of that, do you think, I kind of forgive it in that way because we're really looking at the highlights. I mean, if you can call it that. Highlights. (laughs) The fact that you call them highlights? (laughs) It's not highlights. I just mean that, like, we have to span, like, several years of this person's life, so what are we gonna, there's, like, not enough time to, like, character develop. I felt like I watched the same movie four times in a row. Mm-hmm. And Kim, I'm sorry, Kayleen even, as I was editing and posting the podcast, Kayleen says, this movie's hitting a cycle, it's hitting a pattern, and just, oh my goodness. She had a number of lovers, I think, like, seven in total, but we could probably divide her life into four categories. We've got, like, the Mickey category, we've got the Cindy category, we've got the Sal category... Well, I guess Coco's in there, so five, and mm-hmm. then we've got the Brad yeah. category. Yeah. The same shit happens every single time. Yeah. She turns them down, they say, no, and she goes, okay, and then they treat <laughs> her wrong, her, or something then, goes yeah. wrong, and then she moves on to someone else. Yeah. I just, I, I know there's not time for character development, and that's okay, but I just felt like they could have been less caricature-like. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna get that you're a dick- even if you're not beating her every five seconds, <clears throat> Brad, you know? Right. Like, you, like I can get that from you being a gaslighter and, like, hitting her at the end. And he was so annoying with his, because his Jesus stuff did not feel natural or no, it sincere. Didn't. No, I agree. I thought that that just came out of nowhere, kind yeah. of. And that, I felt, was bad writing, direction, and acting. Not, it, it didn't make sense. Especially the line where he says, have you accepted yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ? I'm like, don't put that in your writing. Like, yeah. that's that's the go-to line, and also, he says it like a joke, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. He didn't believe himself, and then he, he kind of laughed about his religion a lot. Yeah. And then, I mean, his whole, that was another big stereotype of, like, when he's, after his wife has got black eyes, and he's like, Lord, 
forgive my wife of her sins. Yeah. I was like, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is jumping ahead, but since we're talking about Brad, I just want to say, Kimmy, that I am offended that you didn't <laughs> think I would know who Michael Barton is. I don't know him by name, but you were like, you guys don't know who he is, so fuck, fuck even, like, talking about it. What's he he was in Mist of Avalon, so I wrote down six different things I've seen him in. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> One of them being one hour photo. He was the oh, husband. So he's a prick always. He's a prick. <laughs> no, he, he's not in, in the midst of Avalon. <laughs> Kayleen, what are the other five uh, things? Okay, Friends. He was in like an episode or two. Is he the one with the inappropriate sister? I think so. Yes. Where they like tackle each other? Yeah, they tickle and then they take yeah. a bath together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's he's, called the one with the inappropriate sister. He's in Never Been Kissed, which I've only seen once, but he's a big character. Oh my gosh, is he the one who throws the eggs at her from that limo? I literally don't remember it. <laughs> Kayleen, I know this man now. <laughs> Tell me more things I know him from. Um, one hour photo, monster-in-law, which I mentioned to you guys the other day. Yeah, I ignored you when you said that. <laughs> and Bates Motel. He's in some episodes of Bates okay. Motel. Oh, wow, I guess I know this I've man seen. too. <laughs> he looks a lot like um, Guy Pierce to me. Yeah. Mm, especially in one hour photo, I think. Guy Pierce is one of those guys where if you say his name... Literally a blank white page appears in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what guy Pierce looks like. He's the, the bad guy from Iron Man. Two, three. Three? Three. I know who Guy Pierce is. <laughs> <laughs> the fire guy. That's so funny. <laughs> a blank white page. <laughs> I'm like, okay, not gonna lie. Every one time someone says Guy Pierce, I mean, you think Pierce Brosnan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, other blank white pages would be, um... Kevin Costner, honestly. For a while, Lena Hetty. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, I was like, ah, yes, white page. I will say every time, for a long time, every every time someone said Guy Ritchie, I was like, you mean Guy Pierce? (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. Other notes. I just... (laughs) I know that, like, (laughs) this is hinted upon and stuff in the explanation, but it was just driving me nuts how every person that met her was literally in a trance. It wasn't even like, mm-hmm. I love her. It was like, the look on Cindy's face that first time she <laughs> wants to kiss her, yeah. she was like, oh, like as if she was like she, ca- yeah. under a spell. She was being pulled towards her face with this like dead-eyed snake gaze. <laughs> I was very scared. And then she leaves and it's like, I broke the spell. And it's just everyone that looks at her looks at her like that. And I was like, you guys... Yes, she's beautiful, of course. She is just she's a not person, like though. she's not a witch. Why are you like <laughs> I have to be with Jolene and everyone, like everyone that talks to her talks to her like that too. It's not just you're beautiful. It's if I'm not with you, I'll literally die. You know what movie did that better? Twilight. <laughs> Ooh, kudos. <laughs> Bella, I'm writing a feature about you in the school paper. <laughs> Um, also, that birdcage scene was hilarious. Kayleen <laughs> was <laughs> screaming. Okay, I, I guess... The metaphors are so strong, it pushes her out of the house. Yeah, and I think the house. most visceral reaction I had of, of all these five storylines, if we're going from the Mickey slash Uncle Phil, then we have Cindy, then we have Coco, then we have Sal, and then finally Brad, the one that scared me the most and that I just couldn't Cindy. watch was Cindy. She was yeah. super scary. She was terrifying. The filmmaking itself was atrocious with their heavy-handed symbolism and their lack of character development because it starts with Cindy just being like, I work here. You're mine. 
I must possess you. Oh my gosh, I'm going crazy. Close the blinds. People will see you, my precious. Like, it was so much. And then on top of it all, they had a really grotesque, pornographic, realistic sex scene. Yeah, dude, I wanted to talk about that. Oh, it was... one are you talking about? Her and Cindy having sex. Like, it was not pretty. Oh, you're right, you're right. Sex scenes in movie need to be pretty. it (laughs) It was very, like... And I think this was, like, half on purpose, half just a bad choice. But it was like, no, this is slice of life. This is what sex looks like. Yeah. But instead I just get, like, hunched over Cindy with, like, her pants still on and, like, her whole... Her shirt is off, her bra is off, and everything's just hanging loose. But it was just very, like, even if the sex scene is, let's say, let's use Brad as an example later. When when Brad has sex with her, and it's very, like, aggressive, and she says, I don't like it like that, and he continues doing it anyway. Obviously, that scene wasn't put there for us to find it sexy or appealing, and I'm still not seeing, like... <laughs> floppy peen everywhere and I just like really wasn't down for the Cindy Jolene stuff that's all I'm saying yeah that that part really got me that was the hardest to watch I was like I hate every second of this yeah I don't think you're supposed to like it no I'm not but I'm not supposed to leave a movie going I get it I wasn't meant to like that (laughs) I don't see why not oh I see many reasons why not is there anything you guys liked about the film Jessica. Jessica Obviously. Well, yeah, that was my yeah. main point in explaining the movies. Yeah. I know the movie isn't good. It's really thin. But she's great in it. She was very good. Of course. And I, I also think that they did, although I never believed she was 15, I do no. I do see what you mean about them using, like, her costuming and her makeup and stuff to make her look the different ages. Because once she becomes a stripper, I was like, damn, that's like a hot woman. Whereas before, I was like... That's a tiny girl who doesn't know what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. when she's with Mickey. Yeah. Ooh. If I could pick out both what I liked and script doctor this movie, I would say start with her and Mickey and add the fill. The fill is, like, the, the midpoint of the movie, and then they're breaking it off. That sucks. That's still the midpoint. We're still going. And it jumps straight to Brad. I don't need any of this other nonsense. I would have much preferred Jessica is with Mickey. They're together until Phil corrupts her. And then she goes to her own life. She's on her own. She moves to Tulsa. Brad comes along. Those are both two amazing plots that are scary, that are realistic, that are slice of life. Everything in the middle of that was nonsense. Yeah. I don't believe a psych nurse is going to kidnap you and do this. I don't believe Coco Leisure is even a thing. And I don't (laughs) believe Sal, like, is interesting to watch. That one's realistic, but it was boring. (laughs) We loved... Because we hated, but we loved Kendra, her best friend. Oh, I friend. loved Kendra. I oh, thought Kendra. she was so funny. She's the real the We real loved friend. her. She was just always there being like, Jolene, yeah. stop making bad life choices. And I was like, listen to Kendra. At the end of this episode, we're talking MVPs of this of this, of this <laughs> She's round. a contender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kendra was the best. I really we watched, liked Kendra. We watched the bloopers later, too, and that poor girl had to eat, like, 20 hamburgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She totally did. Yeah, you guys watched the same one I did. Did yeah. you watch them, too? Yes. Yeah. She was... Oh, she was so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, she was funny. Yeah. I thought that scene where she leaves the ring on the coke was baller. I was like, you're a badass. Okay, if I had to, like, if I had to pick things, she could go from Mickey and Phil to Coco to Brad. 
Yeah, Sal, I, Sal was too long. Like it was at it this was point a in the bit movie. Long. I just liked it because she seemed the most happy. I, I did she like did, it for that. Yes, but she was happy with Coco too. But also, mm-hmm. like Sal, like I, that was her fourth dude. I was like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, now I have to sit through Brad. That's too many. I kind of wish they had meshed the characters of Sal and Coco into one. Yeah, where you had like maybe like. A retired I, rock star. I was gonna say, daddy. like, the, the good parts of both of them. You know, like, the hotness of Coco, the oldness of Sal, the richness of Sal. The and wildness of Coco. The wildness of Coco, and then I don't really like the... You like that Brad. <laughs> except oh. for he's like... He, Brad's her age, and he's not fun wild, he's Jesus wild. <laughs> and, like, beating wild. Yeah. Like, he's just too aggressive. Yeah, Coco was never aggressive. He just, like, had a Denise Richards on the side. Yeah. <laughs> and and I also, I think that it would have still been fun to have the whole, like, mob murder thing rather than the Denise Richards thing. Ooh, like, I if, if we're Richards. combining those characters into one, I would rather have him die. Because, mm-hmm. especially if they combine them, like, Sal, yes, I loved that she was happy, but I was still like, ugh, Jessica. Then we don't have to see her be a stripper. Her and Kendra can just still keep working there. Yeah. The big thing is get rid of Cindy, never bring her back ever. <laughs> <laughs> Basically what we're saying is we wished her life was better. Of course. And uh, I don't want to say, I was about to say a sentence that makes it seem like my opinion is different than it is, but I think that genuinely if you made her life better, you could make the movie better. I don't mean that in like a, her life was bad so I didn't like it, but I just think there are certain things you could have snipped out to make parts of her life better so that I enjoyed the middle section more and then get devastated by the end. Guess we never get to see her succeed, you yeah. know? Mm-mm. Like, we hear about her succeeding and we're like, oh, you got your life together. And yeah. here we're going to watch all of the Jenga blocks fall down, right. you know? And so we don't get to, like, be happy when she's successful. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we don't get to... Like the comic stuff. We don't really yeah. get that much of that. And at the same time, her baby is states away mm-hmm. with an abuser. Yeah. In the middle of America. And, like, how can I be happy that you're living in Hollywood as a comic book artist? That's and, terrible. And I, and I do like the idea of her imagining what she hopes can happen with him, and then we never get to see if that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just... I think I just wish that the middle was better, because I think the beginning makes sense. I think the end makes sense. Yeah. I still think that they were all caricatures, and I think that the middle could have been script doctored, is yeah. what I would say about that film. But yes, she was phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, it's a bummer of a movie. Yes. It was, yeah. I'm glad we watched it, though. It was a yeah. fun time. We saw Jessica's debut. That's pretty exciting. It is cool. And I, I watched the trailer after Courtney and I had watched it together, and in the trailer it says introducing, too. And Does I thought that really? was cute. Yeah. That is cute. Okay. Well, I guess now it's time for us to pick our MVP and LVP, least valuable player. So what what are we basing this on? So I think it should be acting chops. Acting chops? And substance that they were given? I think or... that too. I think we need to take the character into consideration, too. Hmm. Honestly, right now, thinking about that, I'm leaning towards Samara. No. And that's hard, because Courtney hasn't seen that. But no, if I am, I'm, too. Okay, so let's... <laughs> if I'm going through our movies, no one from Perfection, no one from Crawl... <laughs> No one from the Sam repo. is a kind of contender, but yeah. not really because I hate the character. Right, right, right. No one from Maybe Drew. Uh, Jessica from Jolene. 
But that's still it's, just a, It's really kind of it's like... A lot. I feel like right now it's like, it's Jessica, it's Sam, it's Drew Barrymore. Oh. And it's Samara. I want to go with Samara. I am so eager to see this girl's performance. Yeah. Um, and also, that character is a great, strong woman who's like a, a wonderful thing to look up to. I'm like, yeah, that's how you that's how you round out a character. That's how you perform it. Yeah. I, I'm down for her. She's our MVP of the round. Do you do you agree, Kimmy? I agree. <laughs> is that reluctant because Jessica? Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's a fantastic actor. She is, yes. But Kimmy is her number one champion. You are the first person to say she hasn't had her movie yet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that there's something out there for her, and she's going to crush it. Yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, Amy's had her movie ten times over, and no one seems <laughs> to care. <laughs> I would agree that even though she's had movies where she does amazing, like, there's still, she's gonna get that movie one day where everyone goes, no way, who is this? Totally. Yeah, yeah. it'll probably be the same year Amy gets that. Oh, God. <laughs> so she'll be <laughs> Watch, just watch. <laughs> oh, man. That will be the end of me, Courtney's friendship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so MVP, Samara Weaving. Who's our LVP? Good for her. Or Good our, for Samara. Our dumbass of the round. Yeah. Our dumbass of the round. Aunt K. Aunt <laughs> <laughs> K? Okay, okay. Let's think of like, I'm gonna, I feel like we should make a list for LVP because I think there's a lot more contenders. <laughs> Maybe Crawl? <laughs> I don't want to be mean to just those two people. <laughs> That seems too personal. I mean, it wouldn't be Barry Pepper's fault. It would be the chick's fault. I didn't like the chick at all, but you seemed gung-ho about her. Aunt Helene? Oh, I just think she's funny. <laughs> Aunt Helene? No, you can't pick two people from the same movie, because I haven't even seen it. That's oh, okay. no. Okay, okay, well, for, for starters, I'm going to write down... What was her name? Haley? Was yeah. it Haley? Haley from Crawl. Let's do... Then it was Repo. Repo. What, what about, like, one of the, the Largos? Pavi. Pavilar. Is he a bad actor? I didn't think he was a bad actor. I feel like I feel like the other brother was a bad actor. I think actor. so too. Pavi, I kind of like not liked, but I thought he committed more. Yeah. Luigi was worse, I think. Luigi, I think, was making Luigi's just bad. really silly choices. Let's put Luigi Largo. I'm also going to put Paris Hilton. What was her no, name? No, she did good. No, Paris Hilton did good. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> her name's Amber Sweet, and I thought she, that's the best Paris has ever been, and never will be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, then we did Jolene, and Jolene. I nominate Aunt Kay. Okay, Aunt Kay. I'm down with that. I feel like that's the best one from that movie. I do, too. And then lastly, we have Ready or Not, which we didn't want to pick two from. So, so is it Aunt it's, Kay? <laughs> it's Haley, Luigi, or Aunt K. Okay. I think Haley is honestly the best out of those three. Hmm. Yeah. I think Luigi is the worst. I just don't think they should have cast that particular person for that role. As Aaron and I stated, they shouldn't have had those two parts. It, yeah. it, it doesn't should have make just sense. been Amber. Because it's like, how great would that be if he has to choose between his own daughter and this yeah. other daughter he wishes he had? Yeah. yeah. That's a story right there. Yeah. All right, Luigi? Yeah. I'm cool with Luigi. Okay. Luigi is the worst one of the round. <laughs> you suck, whoever that actor oh. is. Shame <laughs> him. Is, he's just trying to make a buck. <laughs> I mean, you're in more movies than me, but I'm... Sh- <laughs> 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 the fact that you diss yourself with a but I'm... Sh- <laughs> I gotta hype him up in case he's listening. I his, have no money, but I'm... <laughs> from his studio apartment, because he hasn't worked in years. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway. join us next week, where we're hopefully a little nicer. Alrighty. 
Thank you for joining us on this wild ride that is our rap episode. Next week, we're going to be starting off round five. What? With a solo explanation from me, Kayleen, on the 2019 film Serenity, not to be confused with the Firefly movie, Serenity. Mm-hmm. This one's got McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. That rhymes. All right, all right, all right. Hathaway, McConaughey, Hathaway. <laughs> all right, goodbye. <laughs>